This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning into I Work For Him today. As Martha and I, we, we help you welcome in the last day of March 2017. What have you done with this first quarter for the Lord? How has your faith impacted the first quarter? It is staggering, Martha, that the first quarter is already completed. Yeah, I can't even believe it. <laughs> hey, but the good news is tomorrow's April Fool's Day, and that's what makes it fantastic. Wait, wait, wait. What is good news about that? Are you going to fool me with something? It was your grandfather's birthday. It was. Yes. He was such a funny man. And we have a funny guy joining us on the air today. This is true. There's quite a story about our guest today, but we're not going to give it to you. Yes, so here's, here's a question. We've talked about it before. Telling stories to communicate truth is a great way to help people remember. What if that story is told not only with truth, but how about expressing a little humor and entertainment as well? How does this all fit in with bringing our faith to work? How does telling stories, Bible stories, help us communicate the truth about Jesus in a non-threatening way? Today, we welcome a business guy and an entertainer. His name is Ron Mark, and his wife Renee will be joining us later. He's calling him from Minneapolis, Minnesota, my hometown, where the Minnesota Twins will open the season. And yes, they will win the World Series this year. Ron Mark with Tales That Teach. Welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. How are you? Good. And Martha's on here today, too. Hi, Martha. How are Hi, you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? It's Thank you for coming. It's been a long time, guys. It's I'm... a long time since we've shared microphones. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're all yeah. young. It has not been a long time. It has been. <laughs> it has been just 30. Jim, Jim and I had hair back then, Martha. <laughs> I'm fully aware of that. Yes. I never had I never had much hair, but I did have yeah. some hair. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Ron Mark, who joins us today, we all went to high school together. And there's quite a story. The, the Martha and Ron were in an entertainment group. What, what would you call freestyle? Freestyle. Yeah, freestyle. Yeah, what would you call it? Those, yeah, but yeah. It, well, we sung together in chant. But, but they guys, Ron and we Martha, danced and they, sang yeah, they could dance and, and sing at the same time, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I, I ran sound for the dancing singing group because I couldn't dance and sing at the same right. time. But, Ron, there's quite a story that links our lives together. Not only were we friends, we were also both guys that liked to take the stage. You did a better job at it than I did. <laughs> Talk about how the Lord used us in your life, because I, I had no idea. Well, Jim, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to contact you. I, You know, what was very exciting for me is I kind of look back in my past, and I look back at my formative years growing up in Burnsville, and then my junior high years in high school. I would say the greatest impact on me becoming a Christian was the people that prayed for me in high school. And you were among probably 10 or 15 people that I was very close to. You invited me to your church. You showed me the love of Christ. And being involved in the choir program, there were many believers in the choir program. Of course, as you know, Mr. Squires, our director, Mm -hmm. uh, was saved as well. And he was very um, inspirational in my life, as well as you. And I, and I remember something that stands out in my mind so vividly is one time you invited me to your church, and there was an event, and I remember this gymnasium that you brought me into. I'm like, what are we doing here? Why am I here? And um, 
it, it was just your passion to just share your heart with me. It was your passion to invite me to your church. You knew I was a non-believer. You knew that I came from a semi-Jewish background. And I, I didn't feel like an experiment to you. I know some people, when I was in high school, made me feel like I was their experiment. Oh, here's the Jewish guy who doesn't know the Lord. You know, we can get him saved. And I didn't feel that from you. You respected me on my level. You, you loved me, and you were gracious. And I believe you and a few other key people that were in my life and, you know, the gal that I had dated at the time, um, because you guys prayed for me, not only in front of me, but I think behind the scenes, I think God used that to really transform my heart over the coming years. And then, you know, as I was older and I became a Christian. You know, and I wanted you to share that story. It's very humbling to me when I heard that. And I, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the show today. I heard that story 32 years later. <laughs> I, I had no idea. It was just who I was. I came to Christ in junior high school, and I really wanted to live my faith out in high school, and I did the best I could. I was goofy in high school. There's no question about it. Yeah. But it was, Ron and I were friends. We were both guys that we weren't like in the in crowd. We both liked to sing. Ron actually could sing, um, I, <laughs> and just like Martha could, but he could sing and dance, but he was also funny. I mean, he was funny. Everywhere he went, he was funny. And so, but we were friends because we hung out together because we were kind of, I don't know, from the land of misfits, I guess. I like that. And and, and so it was just... The fun fun. nerds. We were the fun nerds. Yes, yeah. we were the fun nerds. Yeah. And then I yeah. went on to try to be a professional nerd, and, and I realized that was not for me. Yeah. And I did, and it worked out, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. The computers and me, it did not work. It didn't work yeah. at all. But what was fantastic was, you know, I just was living out life, and and it was. It's no credit to me. It's just credit to what the Lord was doing in my life at the same time. And as you know, Martha and I were friends in high school, and we when we were right. in high school, we weren't dating. Uh, we didn't start dating until after high school. But it's it's fun to see a connection going way back when. Going, Lord, despite the stupidness of Jim Brangenberg at seventeen, <laughs> people were used to God yeah. still used me, and that's the point of today. You know, and that's exactly what I was thinking here from a mom standpoint, from a parent standpoint, to be able to look and go, okay, so God can use my goofy high schooler, you know, that in those moments when we think, are we ever getting through, you know, in in those times to go, you know what, God's working in everyone's lives. We just don't necessarily see how it all fits together. So I think that's a great encouragement. So how, you know, so you went to college, you went to the University of Minnesota, and you said that somebody invited you to a Campus Crusade event, and eventually you gave your life to Christ. Yeah, it actually happened before that. Um, so when I left high school, I think, I think one of the hardest things I had to go through and probably one of the greatest blessings of my life is I had dated a gal in high school, and she was a Christian. And we had a very good relationship, and she was one of the first people that really loved me unconditionally. And she was different. She was different from some of the other girls that I had dated earlier. And, you know, I wasn't in any serious relationship. It was just probably my first true love, my first real relationship with a girl and she she was a christian and um i know that when she went off to college we were i was a year younger than she was she broke up with me and i'm like why is she breaking up with me i'm a funny guy i'm a good guy you know i mean what did i do wrong you know and and she said well because you're not saved she tried to share the gospel with me and explain to me who this jesus was and i was very angry because i thought i can't compete with jesus you know, who is this Jesus that she's in, more in love with than she is with me? And so for the, for the first six, eight months that I went to La Crosse, Wisconsin, that was my freshman year of college, um, 
I was very heartbroken. But you know what? We were unequally yoked spiritually, if you will. It was Mm -hmm. probably the biggest blessing of my life, and I just didn't realize it at the end. That set me, it was sort of a catalyst that set me on a journey of self-discovery, understanding, okay, who I was, why am I here, what was my purpose in life. Uh, I was very lost. I felt very displaced. I felt very hurt. I felt very devalued. And um, when I was in my freshman year, in my dorm, there were two guys that I met. One guy's name was Joe. Uh, he played guitar. He's a really sweet guy. Another guy, I can't remember his name because it was so long ago. When I had hair, I had my memory, so now that that's gone, <laughs> I'm, start, I'm starting to lose it, as you know. But, um, you know, they didn't drink. They didn't swear. Um, they were different. And I'm like, and I remember sitting in their dorm room, and I'd say, hey, guys, there's something different about you. I, I don't know what it is. And they said, well, we're saved. And I go, well, what do you mean you're saved? What does that mean? He goes, well, we're Christians. And I kind of knew, you know, growing up in Burnsville, Lutherans, Catholics, Protestants, you know, there were very few Jewish families in Burnsville. We had a couple Jewish friends, and I knew you and, you know, my friends from high school. But I really didn't know intimately or had any head knowledge of this Jesus. Who was this guy? So they shared with me. We talked about it, had lots of questions. And they kind of went through something like the four spiritual laws with me. And I said, well, I I want what you have. There's something different about you. And I was very depressed. I was hurting. I was lost, like I said, felt devalued because of the breakup. And they walked me through, you know, do you accept Jesus in your heart? Are you you saved? You know, you're not saved, obviously. But, you know, what does that mean? What does saved mean? Um, You know, you've been forgiven of your sins. Well, what does that mean? Uh, you're a sinner. Well, what does that mean? So they, so you know, they just basically talked about that, and I that night I went. I remember what they said, and I said, "Lord, please come into my heart. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to become a Christian." And I was changed. Ron, Martha, Martha picked out a verse for you for today, Psalm seventy-eight two. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you a hidden lessons from our past. You've been te- you've been telling stories and entertaining people. All your life. When did you realize you had a gift for grabbing people's attention? Oh my gosh. I, I would say when I was three and five, when my parents would throw fish at me like a harp seal, and I grabbed the fish, and I guess that's, that's probably when I started, right? Entertaining my family. Um, no, seriously. Three or five years of age, probably. I mean, it, I started out harmonizing to my dad's razor in my mom's vacuum, the weirdest things you could imagine. But I, I come from a family of, yeah, I mean, you know, because I was in music, too. I'm a singer and songwriter. Yes, he is. But... Um, uh, you know, I came from a family of entertainers. My aunt's a professional flautist, and my cousin played flute. My mom was a drama teacher. She's basically a cross between Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, and Mary Tyler Moore. So I, I had it going for me. Oh, my, um, my dad, you know, he knew all the words and music to the Broadway musical. So I grew up in this environment of performing, entertaining, and music. Um, and I would say that I was kind of the kid in the family where you know, we'd gather around the piano and we'd sing songs and I would do impressions. And I was inspired by the likes of, you know, Jerry Lewis and Carol Burnett. And I think one of the highlights of my childhood was when I was about 12 years old. Uh, four of my best friends and I got together and we wrote skits from the Carol Burnett show. Mm-hmm. And we kind of tailored it to our own gifts and abilities and humor. And we went around to District 191 in Burnsville and performed for all the schools and it got in the newspaper. 
I don't I so, don't remember that, but that would have been hilarious. Did you guys try to reproduce yeah. the dentist skit? Don't, well, we did. Yeah. <laughs> that is the so. best Tim Conway, Harvey Corman oh, skit. Harvey Corman. All oh, those guys were just great. And, they were, they and were funny. a lot of that was unrehearsed, and Tim would try to crack them up. But no, we would do the old man. You know, we'd walk real slowly. Mr. Hoogans. Yeah, we'd do Harvey Corman, and oh, someone yeah. would act like Carol Burnett. And that that was really a lot of fun. So take me forward then. How, you, 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 we're, right before the break, you were telling us a story how your two, two college roommates, they introduced you to Christ. Yep. You made yeah. that decision to be a Jesus follower, which right. was a big deal because you didn't grow up in a household that really endorsed faith in Christ. How did your family receive your faith? It was poorly. They, you know, they didn't grow up in a very orthodox family either, so I think they received it better than most orthodox Jewish families, but I do remember a conversation I had with my dad. I was um when I got involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, I met a couple of guys who, be, who I became really close to. And we moved into something called the Guy's House. And so here I learned more about the daily lifestyle of a Christian. And, of course, you know, I'm, I'm saved, but I'm not really churched. I was unchurched at the time, and I wasn't, I wasn't really living my life, so to say, as a Christian, but I was saved. And I remember having a conversation with my dad, and he says, I don't want to talk about this. I'm getting off the phone. I said, Dad, you've got to hear this. I know this. I'm so excited. You've got to hear about Jesus. And I don't want to talk about it. I don't believe it. He's an atheist. Uh, he passed away about two years ago. But for almost 30 years, I continued to, to pray, Lord, please saturate their heart with the truth. Please allow them to ask questions. Let me plant the seed. Let God water it. And I know I can't save anyone. Only the Lord can. But I really tried to, you know, get my parents to understand this Jesus. And I would say that it took many, many years to the point where uh, later when I met my wife, she was working in a Christian bookstore out in Bloomington, and she would carry this bag around that said Next Step on it. Next Step, I, you know, I don't know if I could say the name over the air, but... You can Next say whatever Step, you want to say on the Ace, yeah, as long Next as you're going to be nice. Yeah, Next Step Resources, and it's a Christian bookstore that she worked in where I kind of met her, and she would carry that. My parents were living in Nevada at the time, and my mom was so disgusted with the fact that I had come to know the Lord that she would put trash in this bag. And she would take, so my, my wife gave it to her, and it, it was symbolic of Christianity to her, and she put trash in it. Well, months go by, and she started taking trash on it and putting her groceries in it. And then she probably displayed it. Then later, she would introduce me to a woman whose son was a singer, songwriter, and Christian, and she wanted us to connect. So over many, many years, I think they started to realize this is not a fad, mm -hmm. that he's serious about this walk in Christ. He's growing. He's changing. He's, he's transforming. And, and I support it. And so that's kind of what happened. So at first, it wasn't well-received. And over time, I think they became more accepting of my, my walk with the Lord. So how did you end up in the marketing business? Because you should have been on Broadway. You should have, been, <laughs> you should have at least been on a Las Vegas stage somewhere. Yeah. But, but you ended up in the printing marketing website business. I mean, how did, how, step us into that, because the Lord was working in your life in incredible ways. That seems to me like a little sidestep. But uh, I, mean, you, I know you got to pay the bills, but how did the Lord well, yeah. do that? So I was going to school at the University of Minnesota, 
And so when I transferred my sophomore year, I went to the U of M, and um, that's where I met some of my Christian friends. That's where I got involved in Campus Crusade for Christ. I quickly engaged the people from that group and started a business called Comedy on the Mark with a friend of mine. And we went and performed all over the place. But at the time, I was working at uh, Pizza Hut. And I was working at Walter Library, and I was working at a health club and going to school full-time. So Walter Library was where I worked at the University of Minnesota campus, and it was a copy center. So I learned about printing and copying. I would talk with the vendors who would come in. And when I graduated, I worked for a company called CDP, or Copy Duplicating Products, was in that industry for a while, serviced all the machines. You know, for the University of Minnesota, I was a service tech rep. And then I actually got into banking. It's so conservative. I'm like, banking? Are you kidding me? Um, but I want some service product awards. I bet you got kicked like out that. of meetings. You probably got kicked out. In the banking industry, oh, you yeah. probably got kicked out of meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, they'd say these acronyms, and then I'd start doing impressions of the person leading the meeting. Like, uh, yeah, okay, so we're going to do an XYZ with a ABC and a 469, and uh, are you guys all good? You know, and I'd stand up. <laughs> or I'd walk into a meeting, and I'd say, oh, I want to thank you for coming to Amway meeting today. I appreciate you guys taking the time. I have a new product. I like to – you know, so the person that's even leading the meeting – I wouldn't even be that. They thought I was that. And I'd come in and just start talking and then taking notes. And they thought this was a real meeting. And then the real person would come in, Ron, sit down. You know, they knew me. Ron, Ron, sit down. This isn't your meeting. Uh, we're talking today with Ron Mark. He is on the verge of launching a brand new ministry called Tales That Teach. He's a lifetime entertainer. He came to Christ and has been walking with the Lord for 30 plus years. His wife is going to come on and verify some of his stories after the bottom of the half hour. But Ron, as you as you started this business, what, what caused you to start? We had a conversation, an amazing conversation about a year ago yeah. where you said, Jim, I just think the Lord's calling me to go into full-time entertaining ministry, to to do storytelling. But yet, you've got all this experience in marketing and advertising and websites. And printing. uh, Make the connections for us. Okay, so, well, if you take a look at storytelling, it's creative, right? I got in the graphics industry, my degrees in communications, but because I liked the graphics industry, I stayed in the printing industry, and I liked it so much, started getting graphic design, then web design, e-learning development, consulting. So I'm one of those weird types that I'm very good administratively, and I'm good with, you know, creative and managing and motivating people, encouraging, but I also am this crazy guy who likes to go out and, and you know, make trumpet noises with my mouth and stand up and do comedy in restaurants. And so I go, what is the connection between these two? And what it is, is there's, there's this creative element in me that needs to be expressed. And, you know, my dad was the nine to five, you know, conservative, more traditional person where my mom was that crazy, creative, dramatic person. So you mix those two together and I'm like 50-50 of my parents. So, you know, tales that teach was actually developed out of uh, when I was going to church. Um, one of the first churches that I started to attend. You made it sound like you just stopped going to church. When I was going to church, Tales of yeah. Teachers, but you stopped no, going? No, no. Oh, you're but, still going to church? Yeah, still okay. going to church, but this particular church, we were given the opportunity to lead kids because I was always good with kids. Mm-hmm. And one day we did a Halloween outreach event, and my pastor said, Hey, Ron, I, I can see you're good with puppets. Would you like to use some puppets? I'm like, and Pastor, I don't like puppets. Oh, Ron, just try them. And I'm like doing, you know, uh, hello there, and I'm going, uh, uh, and I'm moving the puppets around and doing all these goofy things. And he says, I want you to read a watermelon story. I'm like, well, what is that? And he says, just, just try it. Just, 
read it. You know, the seeds represent sin, the red is the blood of Jesus, the white is Rhine. I said, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable doing this, we'll just do it. So I read the story to the kids, it was an outreach event, we had, uh, um, you know, other performers there, and I thought I did a terrible job, and Satan's just coming down on me. I get done, the next day my pastor says, I don't know if you knew this, Ron, but seven kids came to Christ from your story. Oh, wow. And I, I was in tears. And then, you know, one thing kind of led to another. I played Moses. You know, I brought a costume from uh, the Seed of Abraham, which was a uh, Christian Jewish church. And now you don't even need to borrow a costume. You've already got the beard. I got got all the costumes. And he didn't even know it was me. And I went in and taught the kids about Moses. And so this, this was the catalyst. And then I, you know, I did some books at the church, and someone had approached me from the CAP agency, the National Head Start Program, asked me to come perform. What do you charge? Can I have your business card? I said, well, I don't, I don't have any business cards. <laughs> well, don't you do this professionally? Well, no. What do you charge? I, I don't know. So she goes, well, you know, make up a card and give it to me. So I gave it to her. Didn't hear anything. Six months later, her boss calls and says, I'd like you to come perform at the cab agency in Rosemount, Minnesota. Tell us what you charge. I want you to come meet with me. I want to show you the literature that we're doing, which is a a book called The Mitten by Jan Brett. And she goes, can you do this? I said, yeah. She goes, she gives me all the puppets again and all the stick figures, and they were all the animals that I could do the sound effects of. Oh, awesome. That's right. All right, our guest today is Ron Mark. And Ron is a longtime friend of Martha and I. We have known each other for... Well, since high school. 33 years. 33, it, I think it's probably longer. 30, no, it's more like 35, mm, my friend. 30, no. Yes. 19, I'm, I'm subtracting a few years so I don't feel so bad. Okay. All right. Well, right. good luck with You're that. You're the storyteller. We don't get to subtract yeah. years. The years. Well, once upon a time. Once yes. upon a time. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But, we, you know, Ron has got a great story in which you, if you're just tuning in right now, you're going to have to go back and listen to the archive of the podcast to be able to catch his testimony because we're working right up to this ministry that he and his wife are launching called Tales That Teach. Ron is a gifted entertainer and he's kind of pushed it into the background. All of his life it's taken second fiddle to just providing for his family. But now he's realized, hey, wait a minute, maybe God gave me this gift so that I could provide for my family. Tales That Teach. Now, is Renee going to join us this half? Is she, is she, I think she's there. Renee, yeah. are you there? Renee, oh, Renee, Renee, are you there? She's not on yet. Oh, I guess not. Well, you'll have to send her a text message. Say, get on the phone, honey. (laughs) Oh, this is Renee. Renee. Oh, no, that's for voice. Oh, you did that really good. That's me. Do both sides. (laughs) Yeah, I do both sides. I'm gifted. I'm a storyteller. So, Renee, tell me about Ron. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's really a great guy, and he's perfect, actually. No. No, we're, we're, I, I don't think I'm going to play her part. Oh, yes, because you, you could be sleeping on the couch. That's He's right. That's yeah, right. I'll get in trouble. Yes, you will. All right, well, th- she gonna, well just send her a note. Send up, Throw an airplane or something around the house. Yeah, there you go. All right. I think I'm sending up a smoke cloud right now. Okay, that's good. So talk yeah. to me about Tales That Teach. What, how are you going to launch this? Because you've already people already know you can entertain. You've entertained in lots of different venues all of your life. How are you going to get the opportunity to speak about Jesus, telling stories, tales that teach? How are you going to get those opportunities to travel around the country and around the world to do this? Well, I, one thing that I, I'm actually we're saving up for right now is one thing that I believe Lord's put on my heart is I want to do bilingual storytelling. Because I know that in the local schools, 
uh, you know, in the, the mainly the Spanish-speaking community, and it's so cool. I work at a company where a lot of people speak Spanish, and they're teaching me, and I, I don't always get it right, and they make fun of me, and then they don't tell me what I'm saying incorrectly <laughs> until later after they've laughed at me. But um, it's really a lot of fun, and but I, I, I yes, feel... Yes, I'm here. Oh, hi. Oh, Renee, hey. welcome to I Work For Him. Uh-oh. I'll be good. He yeah. Was, he was imitating you for a while, Renee, and he, oh, yeah. and he stopped. Sides, Renee. Yeah, he stopped, and, and he said, I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight, so I'll stop and exactly. I want to entertain my wife. All right, so, so, all right, so Ron, finish up that story, and then we'll pull in the real truth from Renee, okay? Yeah. So, basically, um, you know, the tales, tales that, well, give me the, give me the, Give me the question again. Okay, the question is, how are you going to transition into being able to do this full-time? And then you started talking about bilingual speaking. But yep. so the whole opportunity, though, just to get a chance to talk about Jesus by entertaining people and telling stories, tales, in fact, that teach. Yeah, and, you know, Renee and I have been talking about this. What does this transition look like? And I know you, you gave me that book, Halftime, and I'm reading about how do I do that practically and still support my family. And this has been a big faith walk for me because I still want to make the bills. Yet I don't want to suppress the calling in my life. And so I'm, I'm actually taking a faith walk by taking my uh, WDR business and I'm transitioning it where I can get some support so I have more time to invest in my marketing efforts, my promotional efforts to pursue this ministry. And I know that I know that I know God is calling me to do this. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So I brought this to my leadership and my church, and they're on board with it. Mm-hmm. So, But I need to do it practically. There's faith, foolish, and presumption. And I want to make sure that I walk with faith and I walk with wisdom. So what I've been doing is um, this summer we are saving up to go to the DR, Dominican Republic. And the people who lead a ministry out there uh, want to bring me aboard to help teach VBS, Vacation Bible School. What's the name of the ministry um, in the Dominican Republic? Pardon me? What's the name of the ministry in the DR? Renee, what's the name of the ministry in the DR? Uh, there's just, they don't have a name for their ministry. They're just missionaries that are out there witnessing and doing a puppet ministry well, out there. Okay, I'm trying to give a free opportunity to plug a great mission. They don't have a name. Do you want yeah, to I, Marcos Rodriguez. It's, yeah, it's Marcos and Missy Rodriguez. And Got I, it. I can't think of the name, the exact name for That's the title a, of their ministry, and we apologize. We'll send them a letter. New, this is the first time we've been there, and this is, we're new to working with them. Oh, great. We have friends that have gone out to the DR to work with them. Which is why but you want to learn Spanish. This so. is why I want to learn Spanish. And so my daughter speaks Spanish. She's been helping me. People at work have been helping me. And, you know, I guess the main thing that I'm trying to do is I there's a language barrier between the people who don't know the Lord. And when you go into some of these countries and they have a lack of resources or they have a lack of uh, communication or there's some communication barrier the more I can learn their language and their culture, the more effective I'm going to be in communicating the gospel. Not that God doesn't have an element or power over the anointing of the process, but if I can understand their culture, I'm going to be more effective at reaching these children. Well, the cool, so, part, the cool part about the Dominican, though, both Martha and I have spent quite a bit of time in the Dominican with some missionaries, yeah. and, and they all know Jesus. They, they don't know, they may not have him as a Savior, but they know the name. Because they it, know the name because it is a heavily Catholic. It was is found. You know, it was, it was colonialized by the the Spanish, uh, and so they know Jesus. That is, they just don't necessarily have a a a connection. A, a connection. But they also really love it when people come to see them. I mean, it is a it is incredible when you go into a Dominican Republic village, a, a village full of Dominicans, not the Haitians. The Haitian villages are a little bit different. 
they are so grateful just to have people come and talk to them. But see, it's ripe. It's ripe. It's ready. And not everyone, they may know the name Jesus, which gives us a starting point or a foundation to be able to share the gospel, but not all of them have a personal relationship with the Lord. Like, I knew the name Jesus growing up. I grew up with friends who said, oh, this is Jesus, this is God. And I understood the concept, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So, Renee, let, let's yeah. add a little color to this story. Because, <laughs> yes. because you guys have been married now how many years? 17. 17, 17 years. Now, <laughs> now, those of us that have known Ron twice that long, well, Martha and I both have known Ron more than twice that long, I, I'm finding it like at home. It must be very interesting at home because it's probably like a nonstop entertainment show at home with Ron around. What's it really like living with Ron Mark? Oh my goodness, Renee, don't share the water fight. No, uh, no, we it's it's fun. I mean, it's like yeah. a I'm like you got to be my husband now and not my son. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, she often says the girl. No, have she's a talking now. She's talking. Yes. Okay, you let her. You I'm let her talk. Save myself here. No, we'll. Uh, bust out in water fights in the house and my youngest who's nine now doesn't know when and not to do it and she's done it when he's been working on the computer and get him why he's working on the laptop but it's it's fun i mean it's non-stop and their kids or kids their friends like your parents are cool and fun and we were uh, our oldest daughter, who's a junior, was getting out of the car and Ron screaming out the window, "I love you!" And she's walking into school. So nice, yeah. It's fun and if his mom had done that in high school, he would have never lived that yeah. down. So Renee, here's here's a question: at, at what point in time, when you started dating Ron, did you realize first of all you were in for trouble, and number two, <laughs> that you realized my husband to be, and now my husband of 17 years, he is so gifted in this. This is what he should be doing all the time probably just seeing the reactions from the kids and hearing the parents come up when he did a show at celebration church once we had parents come up and they were telling him that their son was going home and mimicking him like oh lazarus and just seeing how do you mimic lazarus he was a dead guy wrapped (laughs) in linens yeah the only way I can have an impact, Jim, is when I'm dead. See what, I'm, see what she's getting at here? Yeah. No, or, but like, what did you do? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that's, yeah, I can say, that's how you do Lazarus. They were hitting coffee tables. Okay. Yeah. All right. But um, just seeing the kids' laughter when you see mm-hmm. him perform, and just I watch the kids more than I watch him, and their laughter and smiles is what I appreciate. Do you ever get tired of the antics? Never. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're a Christian. You can't lie on radio. Right? Especially on live national radio. Yeah. No. No, there's a time and place for it sometimes, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely meant to be his wife. Oh, we are talking yeah. today with Ron and Renee Mark. They've got a ministry they are launching. A lot of times we highlight on, on iWork for ministries that are already going. They're, they're, this is right on the cutting edge of Tales That Teach. These two are about ready to jump off the edge into a place that it's 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 like it's like that unknown. scene. It's the unknown. It's like that scene from from uh, the why well, can't do it. Uh, Raiders of Raiders the Lost. Lost. No one, but Indiana Jones Indiana. in the Last Crusade when he takes that step across the great chasm and he's saying, "Junior, just take the <laughs> step, Junior." Anyway, and he realizes there's, there's a pathway across. Anyway, so these guys are about ready to do this, and I wanted you to hear the story because learning how to tell stories. It is so key to sharing our faith, and so many of us need to know that. And if we can make them funny, it's even better. And Ron and Renee, you guys really know how to do that. 
Well, and one of the things that how it ties in too with our listeners and the fact that on the I Work For Him radio is the fact that you are looking at where you're at in life and you're saying, God's given me some gifts and I want to use them. And you said some pivotal things earlier when you said, you know, I need to make the bills, but I don't want to suppress the calling. I mean, that's profound. And so that's what I love that our listeners are hearing, that no matter where we are in life, we need to be asking and seeking, what is it, Lord, that you want me to be doing? Well, I have been, I, Martha, I've been suppressing this for so so long, it's driving me insane. And I go home at night. <laughs> oh, that was like, a short trip. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, thank radio. you very much, Jim. <laughs> Remember, I know where you live. Um, but I, I, I've been suppressing it for so long that it's mm-hmm. starting to kind of eat away with me. And it's like, I know there's a timing and a place for these things. There's a season in one's life. Mm-hmm. And God is calling me to the season. And what are those face steps? But, you know, when I tell a story, I be it's not just sitting down in a chair and you know oh once upon a time there was a rabbit and a and a and a you know wolf and they were talk no i be i become the story i become the character mm-hmm. and so this creative meeting has creative medium has more impact on the children than someone as an there's a difference between an educator and a storyteller it's a skill it's an art and it you know it takes time to um do it well and uh, a lot of literacy mentors in the CAP agency would come to me and say, I want you to teach me how to be a storyteller. Wow. Because I can read a story and not have the same impact on the kids that you do. There was a little boy that came up to me. I did a show called Snowman at Night. And I, I must, I, and this was a faith, faith walk because I had a temperature of about 101. I almost collapsed after the show. I, I'm a man of my word. I made a commitment. I didn't cancel the show. I was getting paid for the event, so I had to be very professional about it. I get done with the show. It went really well. I'm sweating, you know, like crazy. And the little boy comes up and he says, that was so funny. You made me laugh so hard. I peed in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, I did a great job. But that the little boy good. peed in his pants. I'm probably doing my job well, right? All right. So, so Renee, what is, yeah. the, what is the favorite story that you'd love to have Ron, it's favorite, very short story that you'd love to hear, have Ron, you know, teach? What's his favorite one? Probably be, I mean, the snowman at night. Yeah. Just because it's so, he gets so theatrical and the kids just love it. And he brings in big blow up snowmen and they have a snowball fight. And it's just, the kids really, really like that one a lot. Yeah, that one's probably not as good to do on the radio, though. I'm trying to find a, a, a oh. story that you can do on the radio that would actually translate. Okay, okay. so Ron, give us give us like a Noah's Ark story. Tell us a Noah's Ark story in, uh, you got 45 seconds. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to do Snowman at Night, Jim. What are you doing to me? Oh, fine, well, do it. Then do it. But Okay, then start it, Go and we'll, it. we'll have a break, and we'll come back and finish it. Okay, so I'm going to start Snowman at Night. Is that fair? Yep, sure. Okay, so... Uh, once upon a time, there was a snowman, very round and tall. But the next, well, I had to do the wind in the beginning. It goes, <laughs> once upon a time, there's a snowman, very round and tall. But the next day when I see him, he didn't look the same at all. His head had slipped. His arm drooped down. He really looked afraid. It made me start to wonder. I scratched my head. What does snowman do at night? Well, I think snowmen start to slide when it gets really dark. Down the hill and into the street and right into the park. Now, Renee, are you as funny as Ron? I am not. <laughs> oh, come on. So you're the, so you're the deadpan, straight-faced one? I bet one? she's not deadpan. No. Yes, I... 
reel them in a lot. So no. <laughs> wow, you and Martha would does. really get along very well. Do you have a thousand different faces for giving dirty looks at Ron when he's misbehaving at inappropriate times? That would probably be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. You're getting me in trouble, Ron. A lot. No, Our he's, wives have he's all, actually no. relating That's right. very That's much just, in this moment. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I feel your pain. I'm not as good. So here's the question: You started. You talked before we get back to snowmen at night. You talked about how you're learning Spanish. Now you do understand that a lot of the people that have migrated into Minnesota that are that speak Spanish are usually from Mexico, and they have a totally different accent and a totally different culture than the Spanish people speaking in the Dominican. So the accent very different. So if you ever imitate people from Mexico, that accent does not work in the Dominican. Okay, good to know. You Just might have so to you YouTube know, it or something. I've had to learn that the hard way. Okay, back to snowmen at night. So I got to the point where they were sliding down the hill, if I, if I recall. That's correct. So they together in the park, sipping up cups of ice-cold cocoa made by their snowman mothers. But then the snowman games began, and they line up in their places, each one anxious for his turn in the snowman races. Okay, okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I'm melting. I'm melting. You won. Oh, well, once they've had a chance to race once or twice, they go over there to Gideon Pond, do skating tricks on ice. acting like clowns oh anyway that's how the story goes that's good awesome. and i like how you threw in gideon pond in there that was pretty good i went you to gideon, remember gideon pond I, I went to gideon pond elementary that was yeah. that was that was <laughs> he wrote it down he's like oh I like that's cool. sweet i like that i'm mentioning <laughs> that. all right but yeah. you do that same kind of thing with bible stories martha wants to hear some animal sounds okay what do you want to hear well i don't know so do, I hear do, you like, Noah's Ark, what, are, what, are, what are the animal sounds you use when well, you're telling like, the noah's ark story well like elephant is one of my favorites okay. Okay. kids like the elephant so okay i'm gonna drink some well i already drink some let's try it here it sounds weird on the phone but okay how about a giraffe yes. yeah oh yeah we yes. heard it all the way in tampa well and then you know it's not there wasn't a dog on noah's ark was there uh, yes there was. was sure there was yeah there were, well there's an animal of every kind right yep mm-hmm. so you got a dog right and i use that quite a few times in stories all so i do the dog um the kids really like the lion or the bear they sound real similar so i'll go And I'll do the scratch. They love that. Yeah, and a parrot. Sometimes I do the parrot. I'm like, I watch a cracker. Can you do a zebra? Can you do a zebra? What's a zebra do, Jim? Oh, come on. They make this funny noise. You've heard it. You heard it on Lion King. Come on. I have never. Well, on Lion King, come on. They make funny oinking noises, but they're. Well, pigs make oinking noises. No, but it's a a zebra oinking. Okay, okay, okay. We got it back to the conversation. Okay. Renee, as you and Ron launch this ministry, how do you want us, the I Work Ram Nation, praying for you guys? Well, that God would just bring him the right opportunities, and he really wants to focus on 
churches, and it's really hard to do those messages in schools, and we get a lot of schools, um, and like daycare centers and things like that, but be able to really get into the churches and like VBSs where there's going to be outreach opportunities where he can share the gospel. Well, and Ron, now what we need to do is get you a whole Florida tour through here yeah. so that you, know, you yeah. come down and you can spend an entire summer in Florida. I would love Renee that. Renee and the girls can go to Disney all summer long and you can work. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. How about like in December, February when it's cold here, though? That would yeah. work. That oh, would work. oh, but it's cold here then, too. Just keep in mind. Oh, it's just yeah. a little warmer cold. That's true. All right. So here's the really cool part. The Lord is working in your life. You're listening. You're following. You're being faithful. God's going to do incredible things. Ron Mark, Renee Mark with Tales That Teach. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. I can't wait to meet you, Renee. I can't. I look forward to meeting you, too. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being on the show Thanks. today, guys. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye. Martha, as we come to the end of another iWorker, how cool was that to just catch up with somebody from 35 years ago? That was fun. I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs> well, and the cool part is just learning to tell stories. I think we all need to learn to tell stories so we can communicate our faith because we all have a story to tell of, of the work that Jesus did in our own lives. Right. And so often we hear a story, but we don't make it real. So make your story real. Learn from guys like Ron Mark, Tales That Teach. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for for him. him.